We're crunching praise songs all day. And, hey, we already finished recording, so I can tell you that some of these songs did pretty good. Thanks for downloading the podcast. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Here it comes. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. So, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys would put mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre, mediocre and hilarious. Where the word hilarious is in air quotes, this is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it doesn't really That's translate good. to radio very well. You don't see it, but hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> Mediocre? No. Dead serious. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, we're ready for another show. I miss... Oh, uh, are we ever. Wait, when I miss a week of Table Talk Radio, I couldn't record last. It's like, it feels like I'm out of sync for the rest of the, of the week. Do you get that? Really? you get that too? Mm-mm. No, I feel like I'm on. <laughs> yeah. It's... All right. So we're going to do some buzzwords. You know, my we're... swelling in the joints goes down. <laughs> yeah, this must be the weather. <laughs> uh, I'm feeling great this week. What was different? Oh, yeah. No table talk. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the shame of it, you know. It's the shame. Well, yeah. Every week you got to. It's, it's like some sort of stoic discipline. You gotta, you, you know, you just gotta do what is shameful. So then you get over it. That's how table talk radio is, basically. Yeah, yeah. trying to trying to skew the norm a little bit. Ooh, do I have a good buzzword for you, though? Let's hear it. So what are we going to do today? Oh, yeah. oh, we got an email from my brother, Thomas. Oh, remember yeah. Thomas, the I remember, brother? I remember Thomas, the brother, yeah. And uh, he said, hey, I need some help with this conversation with a buddy who's uh, working on the praise song, Cruncher, and, and looking into this thing. So we got a list of songs to crunch a launch here. So we're going to do... This is a crunch by request all day. So... That's what we're going to do. Uh, now, did you call him Doubting Thomas growing up? The, the... My, my brother? Yeah. You know, my brother's got biblical names, Philip and Thomas. They got <laughs> named after disciples. And you got... And I was even born on a disciple's day, St. Bartholomew's Day. And do I get the name Bartholomew? No. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Boring. Boring Brian. <laughs> oh well I I could start calling you Bart if you if it would if it would make you feel Barty. 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 I, I think I look like a Barty. <laughs> I'm Bartholomew. Don't call me Barty, call me Bartholomew. <laughs> I could have said that my whole childhood. <laughs> yeah. Wasted childhood. <laughs> Wasted childhood. Yes, you know I I could give this to your parents and and uh, I don't, change my name. Yeah, Saint Bartholomew Wolfmuller. Just call me Saint. <laughs> All right, let's get to the buzzword. You said you had a good buzzword for me. Metamorphosis. That's my buzzword for you. Nice. Like the, the reason why that's so good is because that's the Greek word for transfiguration that we get translated into English as transfiguration. Transfigure. It, I guess it's the same. Metamorphate. So to change your form. To trans your figure. But uh, this is what's coming up. 
here on, I think it's for me, it's on Sunday. Do you got it this Sunday or do you have it a couple weeks ago? Uh, this Sunday. You know, the by the, by, by the way, for the liturgical nerds out there listening. Yes, all, uh, of, all three of them. All of them. All three listeners are liturgical nerds. The, you know, the old, so the having transfiguration as a Sunday in the church here is a Lutheran innovation. The, the Catholic church, the old liturgy used to have transfiguration like some Sunday in August. They just, or some day in August. It was like a normal day in the calendar. But the Lutheran said, we should put this at the end of Epiphany. And so they did. They put it as the last Sunday in Epiphany was transfiguration. And then in the old one year, you had the Gezema Sundays, the Gesema, Quinqua and Sexagesima and, and Septuagesima. And, uh, so you had so you had a little gap. You had transfiguration, then a three year or three week respite, and then on into Ash Wednesday. But the three year lectionaries, they just cut out the Gesema stuff, which I'm sad about every year now, since this is my first year to do that. But uh, then you get transfiguration and then straight from the height of the low, blam, on top of the mountain, all the way down to the valley. <laughs> so you go from transfiguration to Ash Wednesday. So beware of liturgical whiplash. But we can call. I think it'd be kind of cool to call it the metamorphosis of Jesus. That he, his, the radiance of his divine glory shines through his flesh on the mountain, and they all see it. And the clouds there, and Elijah's there, Moses is there, Peter, James, John are there, sleeping, waking up. What? So it's what? What a great incident! And here's how I like to think about it. Now, you got to tell me if you think this will preach. Yeah, I, I need to know pretty quick. So, uh, and that is that I, I just want to take the transfiguration and take it to other times in the life of Jesus. Like, take the transfiguration to his birth in Bethlehem, or maybe even better, take the transfiguration to Jesus appearing before Pilate, or. Take the moment of the transfiguration to right before the soldiers are about to put the nails into his hands at the cross. <laughs> How things would have been different. So that part of the amazing miracle of the transfiguration is not the actual transfiguration itself, but the fact that the Lord doesn't radiate his divine glory in all these other moments. Hmm. Yeah. Let me think about it a week or two, and I'll let you know if, that, if I think that. <laughs> I got a deadline for this. <laughs> no, I, I do. I think that's great. I think that's good. Uh, it makes the point that um, I mean, we always we always like to think about God being this mighty Savior who who wins for our salvation because He's a mighty God, and uh, you know, certainly not taking anything away from the sovereignty of God uh, to be sure. But what we find where we find the promise of our salvation is really in the in the lowliness and the humility. Of, of Christ. So, you know, you you, you think of, of, of Jesus being nailed to the cross, and it, it certainly wasn't that nails were piercing his hands and holding him to that cross that, uh, that brought to him his death, but it was his love for us. I mean, at any moment, uh, Jesus could have performed a transfiguration on the cross and said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm floating away from this cross. There's nothing you can do about it. But he didn't do that. He willingly remained there on the cross uh, because of his love for us. So, so there's, there's his love and his humiliation. Yep. That's right. All right. So my theological buzzword for you is venite. Wow. Look at, we don't have anything in English anymore. That's how sophisticated <laughs> we are. This is Latin. That means, Oh, come. And these are the first words of Psalm 95. And it's a, it's an, it's a hymn that's sung, uh, during a matin service, and uh, goes, "O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the Rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise." 
Uh, so, venite from Psalm 95, meaning, O come. Mm, I like it. Okay, so we're going to dive right in. Uh, any introduction to this that we're, we're doing? Yeah, we got the. I think we uh, we got this list and said, "Hey, what could you help me think of through these uh, songs?" Uh, and so that's what we're going to do now. Remember the, pra- the remember the basic idea of the praise song cruncher is that is that God works through means and He comes to us from the outside, and that's important for us to wrap our heads around because we want to be sure of the things that are happening with God. And and if we reduce all spiritual activity to the internal working of God, then now everything's all wrapped up on the inside rather than the external assurances that the Lord wants us to have. And so one of the dangers of the praise song is it puts it makes everything internal and what we've identified that as mysticism and we want to we just want to watch out for it. We want to beware of everything being drawn up to the to the theater of the heart rather than happening externally first. So so the praise song culture has the five questions to try to get after it, and we'll review those five questions maybe as we get after the first song. How's that sound? All right. So the first song is Before the Throne of God Above. This is what it sounds like. That's a taste. Uh, so that was actually this has three stanzas. Part that's the middle. Of, of, that's the, kind of the end of stanza two. Right, right. So uh, verse one goes like this: Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is Love, who ever lives and pleads for me. Uh, my name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me. Thence depart. No tongue can bid me thence depart. What it's nice. Do you know exactly what that means? It's like so, no tongue can bid me thence depart. So no say, one, so, no one can tell me to go away. Oh, uh, okay, okay. No one good. can tell me to go away. It doesn't that quite doesn't sound as good. Yeah. Thence depart. Bid me <laughs> thence. That's the old English. It's not. It's just not relevant. <laughs> I, I I should like that about it. Right. No tongue can bid me thence depart. I, actually, that I really I mean, like at that. At least two lines are before seventeen fifty. <laughs> I really, really like what this st- says in verse one. By yeah. the way, so I want to see some more though. So what else happens? Uh, well, I can read verse two again, which says, okay. um, "When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin." Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God is, uh, sorry, for God the just is satisfied. For God the just is satisfied. To look on him and pardon me. Wow. That's also quite beautiful. I think we might have some good ones to talk about. There's one more verse to this, which we'll read on the other side of this break. And uh, you probably have some some praise songs that we need to consider. And uh, it would be best if you sang them for us at 1-800-385-SOLA. <laughs> 1-800-385-7652. listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Why is that so I don't get that joke. 
you want to sing the praise songs on the voicemail? I think our listeners probably have a great voice. It's a movement, not a radio show. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Praise Song Cruncher taking a look at Before the Throne of God Above. Uh, who's the artist here? We have the vocalist. I think there's two authors. Charity. Char- Charity? Is that such a. Ch- How do you say that name? Charity. I bet you that's that Charity. That's Bancroft. Charity? Charity? There's not. Huh. Vicky and Vicky Cook. Charity? Maybe that's Charity. Song I don't writers. know. All right, so but uh, we've heard two uh, of the stanzas. You're liking this so far. Yeah, man, do I ever. Behold him. This is stanza three. Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the king of glory and of grace. One with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God. There's so much scripture in this, too. So remember Thomas says, my Savior and my God. And uh, this uh, he a great high priest who ever lives to plead for me from Hebrews seven and Satan tempts me to despair and so and this is in fact to see this stanza two is doing what we're worried about you know the praise song is is cranking us to the inside but this is fighting against it when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin because my sinless Savior died so my I lift up my eyes to behold the Lamb of God behold him there the risen Lamb my perfect spotless righteousness this is the vision that God gives us in Revelation where the Lamb is there on the throne and so you got to look on the throne of God and you expect that if there's a throne of the universe which there is and if God sits on it which he does then if you behold it that's gonna be somewhat stunning because God surely can't be that happy with me and all my sinfulness, but Jesus is there who who died for all my sins, and it's the Lamb who is slain who's sitting on that throne. I think this throne the throne room of God, by the way, is is such an important theological category. That's one of the reasons I love this I love this song is because it's it's such a profound theme that runs throughout the scriptures and especially the Psalms and all the prophetic visions, this throne room, and the things that are happening in this throne room. And one of the chief things that happens in that throne room is the is the case against me. There's the devil accusing me. And there comes my advocate, Jesus, who pleads not my righteousness, but rather his righteousness and his suffering and death in my place. And the Lord acquits me because of it. So that my sinful soul is counted free, for God the just is satisfied. So this has... This doc, this the doctrine of the vicarious satisfaction of uh, of Jesus is here. It says, "For God, the just, is satisfied to look on Him, Jesus, and pardon me, the sinner." So God looks upon Christ, who bore my sins and carried them away, and and looking at Jesus now, He pronounces me free. The the price has been paid to Talisti. This is just such a beautiful theology. The picture is beautiful. The theology is beautiful. And then, and then, and even to use that—that that my eyes are set on Christ, that from Hebrews 12. Put your eyes on Christ, rather than on yourself and on your sin and on your shame and on even your feelings. Put your eyes on Jesus and know 
that God accepts his sacrifice in place of my sin to pay the fine, to set me free, and now I belong to him, and nothing can take that away. Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness. So Jesus is my righteousness, not myself. I mean, this is what, what Jesus is named in Jeremiah, the Lord our righteousness. So it's not my own righteousness by obedience through the acts of the law, but rather the alien righteousness of Christ, who, who as a person, not an abstraction, but as a person, stands before the Lord pleading for me that I am justified. This, and, it, and it rolls through all of these ideas in, in, quite, in a quite beautiful way. I mean, I just, I'm taken by this song. I, I yeah, forgot but, what it sounded like, though. But, but how does it make you feel? <laughs> I don't know. I gotta hear it again for the people. You know, I think that melody could be rescued. <laughs> it's, it's not good as is. <laughs> well, you know, it's just, I mean, the whole band thing just kind of, I don't know, that's one of the problems, isn't it? Is that the is that the music itself kind of, I don't know, it throws you off from the, from the thing that's well, happening. Well, I mean, so yeah. we, uh, I, ever since we've been talking about these kinds of things, um, we've been talking about that there's a, a, a form and a substance, right? Now, I think the praise song cruncher was... Has had had its focus on the substance of a song, and and whether it brings about mysticism or not. We haven't really touched um, the uh, the form really because the, the form the form communicates and creates an atmosphere as well. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we've tried to stick to the content to to seem that we're not being petty. <laughs> I don't know if we've been successful. Um, but but, <laughs> but but I mean, there is something to be said. You know, the the, the instrumentation the you know, I mean, so so you you could have. Let me ask you this: What's the difference between scenario one, where you have this song exactly the words as they are written before us, played to let's say just say a piano, versus scenario two, where you have a band on stage, you have a fog machine going, you have the lights set just right, and yet the same song is sung. What's the difference between scenario one and scenario two? Ah. Uh. I mean, this this is this is the form. This is the the form test, right? Like, d- does that make a difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does make a difference. I don't know. We should. I don't know. Let's try it. Is there a way to get this <laughs> before the throne of God above? Is that what, before the throne of God above? I'm going to look for to see if there's someone played this, even just on the piano or on the organ. Just yeah, type in the title of the song in acoustic and see what happens. Acoustic. Oh, acapella might even be. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, I found it here. Uh, acoustic, but it's oh. acoustic guitar. I want acoustic. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, well, a, I don't know. We'll, we'll look. I'm gonna, we're, we're gonna might mess around with this. Or but, just do right, piano. So let's run this thro- through the uh, through the cruncher, shall we? Yeah. Go for it. Question one: Is Jesus mentioned? Yes or no? Answer: Yes, absolutely. Uh, let me see. It doesn't say Jesus, by the way, but it's it, you know it talks about Christ, the great High Priest, the Lamb of God. Uh, it, it, in fact, it has a it has a great uh, some great Christology, some doctrine of Jesus, where it just quotes Saint Thomas and says, "With Christ, my Savior and my God." So, 
it emphasizes the divinity of Jesus. My soul is purchased by his blood. So it talks about, um, it talks about his death. Uh, and it also talks about, well, we'll get to that in Law Gospel. So as Jesus mentioned yesterday, is it mystical in form? In other words, does it use sentences? Is it clear what it's saying? And uh, is it very repetitive? The answer is, aside from the repeating of the last line, there's no repetition, and it's one verse, second verse, third verse, first, second, third stanzas that are here. And so it doesn't have that mark of repetitiveness or mystical form, so that's good. Does it have mystical content? In fact, the song nicely, and not talking about the musicality of it, but the words of the song move away from mysticism in a very nice way. And in fact, when we're tempted to look on the guilt on the inside, it lifts our eyes to see Christ on the throne, as Revelation would bid us do. So... In fact, here, look, it calls Jesus not only my righteousness, but the great unchangeable I am. So there's another little nice bit of Christology, the king of glory and of grace. One with him I cannot die, and that's nice. My soul is purchased by his blood. So mystical in content and form, no. Uh, what's the law gospel business? So what's the problem and what's the solution? The problem is my guilt. The solution is Jesus what well, does it talk about Jesus' death, or does it just get to straight to the ascension? I mean, it's an ascension song in a wonderful way. No, here it is. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. So it has the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the, and the sitting of Jesus at the throne of God, which is often underlooked and an important the, theological thing. So the problem is my sin. The solution is Christ's death on the cross. Beautiful. And then... Uh, is there any other false doctrine? Not that I see. In fact, I think it's quite, the doctrine is quite profound here. Man, I'd like to. I have something for you to listen to. This is just, you know, a, a person putting a video up on YouTube, playing in their living room with a Christmas tree in the background. But could have oh i guess she doesn't sing i thought she did my my apologies huh well uh i'll work on it i'll find something i I mean yes but as far as the lyrics go again i don't know how to judge the 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 sound of the thing but as far as the lyrics go i'm i'm not only i don't think this not only passes but i'm impressed by this Uh, this is we gotta go get this person to write some hymns i haven't heard you say that since uh we did that song uh in christ alone yeah. This is better than In Christ Alone. It's, it's, uh, this might be the best the best song that we've ever looked at. Uh, as far, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm just had enough coffee this morning that, <laughs> or what, but I don't know. I, I mean, are you equally impressed with the song, or am I kind of over the top on this thing? I mean, it's good. I mean, I agree with all the, the points you said. I mean, the, the, this, is, this is what we would hope for in, in music that's found in the church. Um, we, 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 and I wonder if we're seeing a shift or if there's just some rare cases that we've, we, that we've been coming across lately, you know, as, as we've, as we've really, uh, been pretty harsh on praise songs, it's, it's refined what has been submitted to the, to the cruncher. Have you noticed that? So, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's, there's two extremes that we get in, uh, in praise song cruncher submissions. We get... We get the ones that people give us because they know it's going to send us off the rails. <laughs> and then 
people know what the criteria is and say, I think this one's going to pass. And when we get yeah. those, it gives us the impression that music's improving. I'm just not sure if that's the case overall. It's a sample. we got to go back to the top ten list. Yeah, we'll be right back. Huh? A wise man once said, I listen to Table Talk Radio. He only said it once. So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor, about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time. And to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> anyway... If you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller1 is the channel name. See you there. Past that one, I think, past the praise song cruncher. Now, if you're looking for it ever, I sent it to my organist and I said, is the music redeemable? Yeah, so it's before I don't know the if we have a CCLI license either, but <laughs> before the throne of God above. Um, now, if you're looking for an idea for a YouTube video that no one else is doing, you could do a piano version with this song with singing, and you'd you'd have it. But uh, uh, how's your YouTube thing going, by the way? That's fine. I got like 17 subscribers now, or something. That's awesome. That's a good job. Growing. All right. One we, day I'm going to be more than uh, Jonathan Fisk. You know, I got to have goals in life. Yep. Yep. And Kurt Cameron, you, know, you got to have realistic goals in your life, not Forget just about goals. <laughs> Kurt Cameron, man, that guy's outrageous. Uh, Maybe so, I got to apply as a, I go, I'll do, um, you know, a sitcom. Yeah, that that would help. I think I think that would really boost your ratings on YouTube. All right, we are halfway over halfway through the show and so far have done one praise let's song. Let's get after it, man. So let's, let's go. What's the hold up? Here's the next one. It's called uh, The Lord is My Salvation. Sorry I don't cue these up first. What is it? This is a, this is a Getty music? Yep. Hmm. The grace of God has reached Or sung like it's the Celtic and I am safe on this solid ground. The Lord is my salvation. I will not fear when darkness falls. His strength will help me scale these walls. I'll see the dark. Of the rising sun, the Lord is my salvation. You hear the chorus too? Salve 
right, so that's that one. Uh, this one is going to have a little bit more issues, I think. What do you think? Uh, my hope is hidden in the Lord. He flowers each promise of his word. When winter fades, I know spring will come. The Lord is my salvation. In times of waiting, times of need, when I know loss, when I am weak, I know his grace will renew these days. The Lord is my salvation. Chorus. And when I reach my final day, he will not leave me in the grave, but I will rise. He will call me home. The Lord is my salvation. Glory be to the Father. Glory be, oh no, glory be to God the Father. Glory be to God the Son. Glory be to God the Spirit. The Lord is our salvation. Interesting how it switches from the Lord is my salvation the whole time to the Lord is our salvation at the last one. I wonder what. It is interesting. Okay, so here's here's going to be the major concern that I have. And by the way, I'm not sure why in the in the uh, write-up that I'm looking at has open quotes at the very, very beginning of the song. And I'm searching for the end of the quotes. It's just going. <laughs> so I'm doing the air quotes the entire song here. <laughs> But here's the line. Here's the line that I want to think about. Um, the grace of God has reached for me. And uh, let's let's just ponder that a little bit. In what way does the grace of God reach for me? Now, there's, I think, an answer to that. Theologically, there's an answer that, that I can know that God's grace has reached for me. And uh, if I if I look at the scriptures and see how I can know of God's grace given to me, I can say that God's word promises that to me. I can say that God has made promises uh, to me in baptism, that he's made promises to me in the Lord's Supper, that, that the way that I know God's grace uh, reaches for me is uh, through his word and his sacraments. I mean, this is why we call them the means of grace, because mm-hmm. his grace uh, is known through these tangible means, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But but there's nothing of a, of, of a sort in this song, so that I'm left to then uh, think of the grace of God reaching for me in some kind of an intangible way. Am I missing something? Is 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 baptism hidden in there that I'm not um, I'm not seeing? No, no, no. There's no. I can't. Well, I mean, he pulled me from the raging sea. I'm safe on solid ground. That adds the. You know, there is the solid ground. I'm looking at the story of the song at the bottom, and it talks about Psalm 27, and the Lord has set me high upon a rock. But they, they've kind of taken the idea, what's the rock is an island, and it's surrounded by a sea. In the psalm, it's it's a outcropping of rock, and you're surrounded by your enemies, by the zombie apocalypse. Remember how in, I mean, Psalm 27 has this crazy, when my enemies came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Like, what the heck kind of enemies do you have, David, that want to eat you? I mean, I might have some enemies that just want to hit me in the face, but <laughs> David's enemies want to carve him up and eat they, him for dinner. They are hungry. <laughs> That's a little past hunger. <laughs> when my enemies came upon me to eat up my flesh, this is the zombie apocalypse picture. And they said, and they turned the enemy, they turned the zombies into the ocean. See, the raging sea. Right. It's a little bit, it's a prettier picture. <laughs> the grace of God has reached for me and pulled me from the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Is how I would have written the song, and I am safe on the solid. I wonder how that would. I wonder how my praise songs would pass the cruncher. By the way, your the praise songs. Apocalypse. It's Psalm twenty-seven, zombie apocalypse. I'm safe on solid ground, but the but the, yeah. So your question of how now how is it that the grace of God has reached for me? His strength will help me scale these walls. 
Now that's again some. I mean, it's kind of it's painting a picture, but it's not. I mean, this is it's nice that we're contrasting this one with the last one because the last one was so clear. It wasn't just this song suffers from the idea of trying to capture some of the biblical pictures, but not putting them together in in sort of a coherent picture. Mm-hmm. Like you need. So what you need is a what you need to understand this song is is sort of an overarching uh, narrative of salvation. Yeah. And if you have the now, and and the danger here is going to be that you can bring your own theology and sort of apply it. So you could say, well, how he reaches for me is is in baptism, and then someone who's who's an Anabaptist will say, well, how he reaches for me is through the Spirit moving in the heart, and you, you know, so you kind of so you're kind of filling in the the gaps that the images leave with with your own theology there because it's not explicit; it's kind of hidden. So it's just it's 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 dealing in these pictures that are kind of loose, right? It kind of reminds me of Homiletics 101, where you're taught that um, don't don't preach what the gospel is, preach the gospel. <laughs> you know, I mean, so that you could kind of stand back and say, "This is what Jesus does for sinners," <laughs> or you can say, "This is what Jesus has done for you," and actually say it. Um, and so you have a lines like this that says. Um, when I know loss, when I am weak, I know his grace will renew these days. The Lord is my salvation. But but me, as the one who knows loss and knows weak, again, I'm asking the question, how do I know his grace will renew these days? And I don't, I'm not even sure I know what that means anyway. But, um, but I, I, I am eager to receive from the Lord's hand his grace and show me how it comes. Show me, show me where it is. I need it. But this song isn't going to deliver it to me. The, now, the first song might, you know, if, if I'm if I am uh, if I'm knowing loss and I'm weak, I'd love to hear about how the throne of God. Uh, let's see here. I'm just switching switching language. Oh, the 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 great high priest whose name is love, who never lies and pleads for me. My name is graven on his, graven on his hands, and my name is written on his heart. Now that that's actually uh, saying what Jesus has done in, in implication to the cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this one just leaves it in the... Now, the Psalms sometimes will do this, too. The Psalms will just be a bit... Hmm. You, you know, you got to bring you got to bring your orthodoxy to the Psalms. You can't... It's one of the reasons why we end the Psalms with the doxology, and maybe that's what they're trying to do here, by ending the Psalms. It's like a, here we have a Psalm hymn, and they're going to end it with glory be to the, God the Father, glory be to God the Son. And that's nice. I mean, I appreciate that, to make sure that they know that this is a Trinitarian hymn. And so so they've done that at the end, which they are to be commended for. But Well, let's see what happens when we run it through the cruncher. Okay. Is Jesus mentioned? No. Except in the Trinitarian. Yeah, that's right. God, I, uh, Glory be to God the Son. So that's right. That's a mention. Who is like the Lord our God? My hope is hidden in the Lord. The Lord is my salvation. So there's no... In, in the... In the, there's no specificity of Jesus until you get to the last stanza. So you're right, uh, and that's a. I mean, maybe just a, let's commend them for that. So, so by the end of the song, if you're not, you know, was I singing to Allah or someone? And he's like, no. <laughs> At least you yeah. were singing to the Holy Trinity. So, right. so God be praised for that. In fact, you wonder if. Well, okay. So let's yeah, let's leave it that, at that. Okay, uh, what's the next one? Mystical form. Mystical form that is has to do with incomplete sentences. It, the mystical form of this song is going to be in these 
um, kind of unclear images kind of piled up. He flowers each promise of his word. When winter fades, I know spring will come. Like, what? Uh, what? So you get the idea of the melting snow and the flower coming up, and you see the picture, and you're like, well, the Lord does something like that, but uh, when I know loss, when I'm weak, I know his grace will... You made that point. His grace will renew these days. It's like, well, I'm kind of down and out, but I know this, this, will, this too will pass kind of thing. Uh, but it's just, you can't pin it down. So I think it's kind of midway on mystical form, I'd say. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a look at mystical content after this break. Uh, we're going to close out this one and we'll try to squeeze in the third song in the fourth segment. So uh, more Table Talk Radio to come. Uh, we'll do that right after this. Don't go away. Not really one of the best decisions you've made today. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. Well, welcome back. We're looking at the song, The Lord is My Salvation. And uh, so far, we've talked about whether Jesus is mentioned, uh, barely. Uh, and we've talked about uh, mystical form. Um, there's uh, some mysticism in form. Now we're going to look at mystic- myst- mystical content. Easy for you to it say. It doesn't. You know how <clears throat> I think here it's going to be a mid-range song as well because it doesn't. It says the Lord is my salvation. But what's the picture of salvation? I mean, what what does it mean to be saved? So there's not really a mention of sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it says here, my debt is paid, the victory won. That's, I think, as close as it gets. Um, but th- there's hope that comes to us. There's renewal of the days when I'm at loss and in, in need. I'm pulled out of the raging sea. So like things are tumultuous and I'm placed on solid ground. So it's like the, the state. The, the, so the bad part and the good part is things are troubling. God helps. This is the kind of the picture. It doesn't get to it doesn't get to sin and, and forgiveness. It doesn't get to death and resurrection until the end when it actually does talk about the resurrection. When I reach my final day, he will not leave me in the grave, but I will rise. He will call me home. That's actually kind of nice. So the last two stanzas where you have that and the Trinitarian thing are kind of nice. But the other one is just a sort of kind of loose, like ah, things are kind of rough, and but God is good, and that's as far as it gets. So again, it's kind of halfway to mysticism, halfway. To mysticism again on mystical content. Uh, what's the what's the next question? Law gospel. That's law gospel, and that's kind of the same answer. Yeah, you know, right. The problem is just kind of I'm kind of blah or afraid, or uh, and the Lord comes and he's he's my help. Now the Lord is our help. We shouldn't. I don't want to discount that idea. I mean, how many times in the Psalms does it talk about how the Lord is our helper? Sure, sure. But but we want to. We just want to maybe be more than that. I mean, we you, you know these songs that come out of the, like. They just come out of the sort of suburban angst, and and he just says, "Well, just okay, it's okay, all right, but let's just maybe a little bit more. Let's just get get a little bit more. Let's just try to dive into the human condition a little bit more, and realize that the Lord is a really good Savior. He's not just not like 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 a life coach mm-hmm. or a therapist, but he's a Savior. So let's get all the way to the let's get all the way to the point of sin and condemnation." 
so that we can have the fullness of the gospel, not this sort of like, I'm sort of blah, and that's, I got a pill for that. And, that's thought-provoking. Do you think that uh, perhaps these songs write it vague on purpose so that one can apply their own, like you, you called it suburban angst, which is such a great description, like... I'm I'm stressed over the fact that I have soccer practice and the PTA meeting and this other thing all on the same day. How am I going to offer it? And so so I'm 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 stressed or whatever. And 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 when you sing this song, you could apply those stresses to uh, to to the solution that the song gives. But really, what we want to be doing when we're talking about theology and and the Almighty God is the sin that we have committed against him the wrath that we deserve because of that sin and the forgiveness that he has for us in Christ Jesus by his atoning death on the cross. I mean, when you sing a song about how I deserve the wrath of God and uh, it's, it's, it's appeased in his son's death and resurrection, um, suddenly, I mean, I, I don't want to discount that people have real stresses in life, but, um, but but it's it's actually putting a fine point on what God is doing for us. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if 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 our if our real trouble in life was that we just couldn't find a good parking spot or whatever, mm-hmm. then the de- the solution would not be the the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. So so if the, if you're going to preach the cross, you got to get to the you got to get to the problem first. So yeah. Okay, let's get to this next song. It's called "His Mercy Is More." Look at this guy's name, Matt Papa. Papa. Some saint, I think. He was born on a saint day. Saint Papa. What love could remember No wrongs we have done Omniscient, all-knowing He counts not the sum Thrown into <laughs> a sea without bottom or shore that's to all. listen to the full song, <laughs> oh, that's great, song. Matt Papa. Come on, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> we are cheap over here. Yeah. <laughs> all uh, right. Love could remember no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, knowing he counts not their sum. Thrown into the sea without bottom or shore, our sins they are many. His mercy is more. What patience would wait as we constantly roam? What father so tender calling us home? He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Interlude. What riches of kindness he lavished on us. His blood was the payment. His life was the cost. We stood neath a debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Well, hmm. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Okay. Now, just just so you have a little bit of uh, time frame, we have five minutes left in this segment. Okay. So this is an interesting one. Is Jesus mentioned uh, his blood was the payment? Yes, not by name. It's talking about the cross of Jesus, though. Remember this? This kind of exposes the praise song, interestingly enough. Remember how they always say, well, this is, we got to sing about this stuff because people who are non-Christians are coming in. But the praise song is actually leaves so many more theological open loops. You got to come to it with a theology to make any sense of it. So, who is this that's 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 bleeding for us and making a payment? Well, that's Jesus. But you should probably just mention it. Uh, but it does talk about. I mean, okay, so Jesus is mentioned. It is repetitive, uh, a bit more repetitive than the other ones. 
Uh, it does. It is understandable, though. So I'm going to put it mid-range on mystical form. Uh, content is interesting because I don't think the content and the and the sound of the song actually match up because I think the the words are somewhat objective. I mean, it's kind of again, if you were putting it on a range of one to five, five being total mysticism and one being no mysticism at all, totally objective. This is probably a like a uh, a 2.5 because it's mostly talking about what God has done, throwing our sins into the sea, dying for us. It has the picture of the prodigal son and the father waiting for us. But then it does do this kind of we're constantly roaming, uh, etc. We're kind of wandering. So it, it does have this sense of our own subjectiveness matching up against God's objectivity. So it's not totally off, but it's it's not... It's not as good as I think it could be. Verse 2 makes me think um, as the Father, as the Statue of Liberty, that what Father so tender is calling us home, he welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. You know, <laughs> you know the poem, give us your weak, you're tired, you're hungry? Yeah, yeah, well, that's kind of... There you go. <laughs> Our sins are many, his mercy is more. That is true. That is true. Our sins are many, his mercy is more than that. So, so that's a true statement, so God be praised that that's true. His blood was the payment. His life was the cost. We stood beneath a debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many. So that takes the forensic understanding of salvation. It puts it into the language of debt and payment, which is fine. That's another way to speak of the, you know, that Jesus paid the ransom. And so here we have the ransom uh, put forth, and that's helpful. So that's the law and gospel. And it, again, it, it could be a little bit stronger, but it's pretty good. Um, I don't see any other false doctrine. Do you? No, I don't. I would put this in the category. It's right on the edge, but I would put this one in the category of maybe it might be helpful devotionally. Hmm. Um, I don't think the problem is it's the kind of the the, the style of it is this kind of uh, you know the, it's a little bit sort of soft love lettery. Mm. But but I but I think the I, I think the words here I, I in fact I think a little working over could actually not just like a little a couple of adjustments would make this even even better um but you know so so this is pretty close actually this song mm -hmm. i'd say mm -hmm. i don't know how what's your take on it yeah like like you said i mean it, it's at least it's pointing out the problem which was an improvement from the last song that we looked at i mean it, it's clear that um you know this our sins they are many his mercy is more um what riches of kindness he lavished on us, his blood was the payment, his life was the cost. I mean, so we're, we're definitely talking about sin. We're talking about atonement, and that's, that's all good things. Um, I, 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 I do get, I get this sense that this is um, an attempt to be poetic, is uh, losing some of the great strength. And I think maybe that's one of the main things here. Um, as we look at the old hymns, um, they, they, weren't, they weren't going for poetry per se. I mean, you had a, usually a rhyming pattern, I guess. But but these songs are just kind of delivering a sermon to you, you know? I mean, they're just, they're hard hitting. And um, sometimes I think when we were trying to, to go the poetic route, we actually lose some of the meat. And I, and I think maybe that's what I'm picking up on this song, is in an attempt to, to keep it poetic, we've lost some of the, the hard hitting meat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this would be, I don't think this song would be detrimental to Christian piety. I think it might be, you know, it might be helpful if it was part of your, 
is a part of your meditation. That's that's my. All right, thirty seconds for some closing thoughts. That's my evaluation. Well, I, look at this. We did your, you know, the question that you brought up in the second segment is pretty good. We get we're getting songs that are doing pretty good here, and hopefully that is a mark that the praise song cruncher, you know, has had the effect that we hoped. We'll have to take a glance at that top ten pretty soon and see. Yeah, if that's... that'll be that'll be interesting. Are we getting outliers? Or are we getting this? It's probably as the you know the reformed is becoming more popular. And they're going to write more lyrics for the praise songs, and that'll be an improvement at least. Yep. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio, where we met. Oh, that's my. <laughs> oh come! Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk oh, Radio. Come. Table Let Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, air loss, hallucinations, aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.